Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Calgary Bros Football Podcast. This is Uncle CB here, and we've got Victor Speck on the other side. What's up, y'all? And we also have a special guest today. We've got the first ever City fan on our show, <laughs> uh, uh, Felix, Mr. Felix. Uh, how are you oh, doing, definitely. please? I'm doing great, thanks. And you? Oh, you know, it, it depends. It depends on uh, how things uh, how things go on our conversation today because City uh, are through uh, to the um, Champions League finals for the first time. So today yeah. we're going to be covering uh, City being in the Champions League for the first time. Uh, obviously, um, for me, that's not good news. Uh, but for you, that's fantastic news. Uh, <laughs> and depending on what happens tomorrow between Chelsea, that may be some fantastic news uh, for, uh, you know, Victor Speck because they kind of have you guys' number this season. So this will be a very interesting thing depending on what happens tomorrow. But, um, uh, Mr. Felix, you tell us, man. Let, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, what uh, what are you about? Um, and uh, how long have you been a City fan for? Me, um, I, I've been at City before before the trophies came in. I'm older than the trophies at City. Yeah, I'm an OG fan. I went there in 2010. Uh, just uh, just when the Orimani bought the club, so I went with the Orimani to be honest. I don't want to lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> It's like when the oil money came in, I came in as a fan as well. I saw the future. I saw the future. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, so you came in before the oil money. Um, so I came with the oil money. Oh, you came with the oil money. Okay, I see what you're saying. Um, earlier, before the show started, we were talking. We were talking about um, how you have a, a city like a number. You actually have a number. A membership number that you've signed up for is that true yeah yeah that's true yeah uh, if you look at my profile picture Damn. i actually have a city membership number um when i joined the club i joined the membership uh the fan base yeah. and they gave you a number and then like my year my the journey year for me was 2010 yeah. that's when i joined um when everyone is still fresh roberto mantini came i came before him actually when he was signed over i was already there yeah and you know every from there on it was just it was just history bro yeah, like we're we're a snow club. I know that. Don't get it twisted. I know that, but I'm within the history, you know. So it, it's fantastic. It's a great. It's a great time to be alive right now, mm. and to be a fan of CD. No, it's uh, it definitely it definitely is. Um, but the one thing everybody always says, I try to, you know, look. I try. Oh, as much as I'm a United fan, and I, you know, I can get all uh, petty about how. Uh, our fan bases can be. I try to stay away from that oil kind of thing. In fact, if there's anything, I know this will say will sound very wrong. I actually think you know oil is one part of the whole thing, right? Like you can have all the money from uh, as a despot, like you can have all that money and all that coming in from a different country. But yeah. the reality is, how do you spend the money, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's true. I think one thing that city has done very well, especially the owners have, they have put very smart, intelligent people behind our football club. In fact, it's almost a way I would say some people are actually even jealous. Some United fans or United uh, uh, folks are actually jealous of how well city has been run. You know, your team, your, your owners don't take money out of your club. 
your owners uh, put money into the club. In fact, put it in sometimes in a way I would say <laughs> it looks sketchy, but, um, <laughs> you know, but worse, you guys have a very good footballing structure. Um, and even to a point that they were saying um, uh, some old United uh, legends don't even put their kids in United Academy. They actually put them in City Academy, which was baffling to me. But it shows you how well of um, uh, of a, how well run you guys are are, are run. But kudos to you, man. Kudos to you. But kind of let's let's kind of get into it now. So you guys are in the Champions League final. How do you yes. feel? I don't know how to feel, bro. Like I'm I'm even looking for words because like I kind of called it when the when the season started. I was like, if CE doesn't clinch it this year, I mean, if we don't, I don't know when that's ever going to happen again. Like, this is the perfect year for CE. Because if you look at the previous season, right? Mm. CE was a good squad. The previous season before that as well, same thing. Yeah. But we're missing the defense. Mm. And this year is the best defensive side CE has ever assembled, ever, in the history of the club. And no. that was a missing piece for me. Like, that was the the queen to the king right there. Ruben Diaz. Yeah, Ruben Diaz. For That's... me, like, um, like it, it's crazy. Like, if you want to think about where we are right now, I, I feel like um, if you look at the, the, the Premier League in a whole, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, at the very top, of course, we have to pay respects. Liverpool is mm-hmm. the best when it comes to accomplishments in England. Liverpool is the best. Follow about our big brother United. It's actually Man U, bro. Sorry? It's actually Man United. Nah, it's Liverpool. Liverpool is 42 trophies. Man United is 42. Yeah. Wow. Well, if you, I mean, if you're going by that deep of history, but if you're looking at the Premier League era, um, obviously. No. no. Yeah, that's true. Like in the Premier League era, like uh, I think Liverpool just has two trophies. Yeah. So it's yeah, like it's been a while for them when they came back to this winning form. Yeah. But I, but yeah, but, those two clubs untouchable. Like, but, but also if you if you're gonna talk about trophies, are you talking about general trophies, not just like the English league slash Premier League, right? You're talking about general trophies because all of them, yeah, like pretty, the league, the FA Cup, no, the UEFA okay. Champions League cups, Winners Cup, Europa yeah. League, everything. Yeah. Like in total, as a club, you know, whole. Yeah. And yeah. um yeah, and we're just just behind Chelsea with uh, with three trophies, which we are winning this year, by the way. Mark my words, three trophies. Um, I don't know, bro. <laughs> you can you can I mean you can win three trophies, but they're not really the uh, what, yeah, they're not the, the no, no, no. it's only one of them, that's not the holy grail. It's like a like it's a wannabe trophy. I know that one already clinched that one, but the two that are coming, the Premier League. And the Champions League, come on, come yeah. on. Well, if, if you if you clinch the Champions League and the Premier League, technically, yeah, you can talk about the Carabao Cup all you want, but it's usually the FA Cup, the true, Champions true, true, yeah. yeah, the the league, right? For you to complete the uh, uh the oh, what is I can't the treble, the treble, yeah. Only United has done that in the in the Premier League, um. Yeah. So that's one. Uh, Sir, go ahead. Well, what you guys, what, what you guys are looking at right now is pretty much like uh, you guys are looking at a double. So, like, basically by the rules, you guys are looking at a double. But Chelsea, Chelsea can also spoil that for you guys. So, 
Chelsea or Real Madrid. But anyway, let's yeah. let's let's go back. We can talk about. In fact, this actually puts up a very good question. I'm going to park this question for later. But I want you guys to think about this question for later, yeah. not for now. Is the Carabao Cup considered uh, part? Could be considered part of a treble, right? Park it for now. Think of it. We can talk about it a bit, but think this is the question again. Could the Carabao Cup be considered as a treble? That's the question for us to think of. Okay, but we'll get back to the game. So the game, um, you guys, you you okay? So you you were saying something. You Felix, you said we uh, are in the best position right now to win it this year because of your defense. Is that the only thing that really has impacted? City being in the right position to be able to win it this this year. Are there other things that could have impacted that? Like, what other things could have made you feel that this was the year for you guys to do so? Um, I don't know if you guys were following City at the start of the season. Okay, we had we had a very slow start, like a very very slow start in the in the beginning. There's yeah. a time that you could find City on like on the tenth position when we started the season. You guys, you guys were thirteen. But we knew, we knew, we knew with the game in hand, you guys were always a trap, bro. Exactly. But that, for me, I feel like it played a huge part. Was gave City enough time to put the team together after that intensive uh, uh, run last season. Mm-hmm. That gave City the much needed rest and put all the pieces together. And with time, they slowly started gaining that momentum, right? As we went on during the season. And um, as, as much as I would like to use, like, you know, past experience in the Champions League, the things that we saw that didn't work with us, the biggest thing that made City what, where they are right now is the defense for me. Mm. Because everything else is still the same. The way they move the ball is the same. Um, they, they actually shoot less nowadays. Actually, if you look at the, this, this season's stats compared to last year, you have shot the ball less times this time. We, we retain the ball more, mm. but we're making better shots. But the fortunate part is these shots are not coming from strikers. We tend to rely on the first line too much, which can come back to haunt us. But so far, we're, we're doing okay. But I feel like if we manage to clinch these titles this year, in this transfer window, we need to sit down and look at these strikers because I don't think Gabriel Jesus is enough to replace Kun Aguero. I'm even sad that he's leaving, he's leaving us. I'd rather watch Gabriel Jesus leave CE and we keep Aguero. But that's but that's the that's the thing though. Like Pep Pep likes players that play for the team, not like not just players that play one one style for one style position, right? Yeah. You like but no, you like Gabriel Jesus because Jesus can come in the middle, he can receive that ball, he can lay it off, he can run, he's fit, all of that, right? So I think Gabriel Jesus is what City need if Pep is trying to go that route, right? No, so, I hear you, fam. I hear you. But look at this though. Aguero does the same thing. The only thing that Aguero is lacking right now is fitness. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. guarantee a season. And you know, and you know, Pep, bro, Pep, Pep don't care about that. He, as long as your fitness is not there, he's gonna be like sell him. He yeah, did the, he, he did the same thing with Yaya Torre because he's like he's not at his prime no more. So let's get him out of here, right? So and once you're aging in Pep's team, once you're aging, he tends to start to say, okay, yeah, it's time for you to pretty much go, right? Yeah. And, and and that's not that's, that's not a bad mentality because honestly, the game these days is meant for the young, bro. You know what I mean? Like yeah. as, as you're young and you're fit, you're able to run through that pitch. And if guys are experienced, you can still take them out, right? 
Yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, Victor, your, your uh, mic is a little bit muffly, just an FYI. But um, no, I, I hear what you're saying. Now, Felix, the yeah. the if you go back to, you know, you're mentioning like, you know, Jesus is not the guy. Obviously, you're going to you're looking at somebody else who can come in and do that job. Right. And uh, we're going to we I also want you to kind of start thinking. And I know some people probably have answers. But I want you to start thinking about who could come in and replace Aguero. Because Aguero is phenomenal. And in a sense, uh, Gabriel Jesus, I think Gabriel Jesus offers something different than what um, normal, a bunch of normal strikers will offer. Um, So he's just, he's he's good, but in a way he's also quite... um, I mean, he just does everything so simple. Like, he's very good at doing things so simple. Yeah. But I, when it comes to the goal-scoring aspect, you're right. You know, he does not seem to have that killer instinct that Aguero has, right? So we'll park that for a bit. And I want you to guys to think of that um, as we, you know, as we wrap up. But then let's go really focus on the game here. What mm. was it that City did so well? You know, what was, what was it that City got right? Um, you know that that was it. That was able to see them through, not just seeing them through the um, you know, first leg, but then seeing them through the whole tie. Letting go of Akira. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I mean, clearly, I mean, you can see what he's doing in Arsenal, but that's not my business. Um. <laughs> But you know, honestly, though, right? As much as I like to think about any other things, um, City hasn't changed much, to be honest. Um, mm. every, everything that I would say, although it might sound like a broken record, it, it always comes down to the defensive side, like how we came out to defend this season. Everything, if you put away that defensive aspect, the City won't have anything they have right now. At mm. all. Sometimes think... this. Sorry, go ahead. I, I, think, I think what got them through this time. Is their players finally picked up? I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I have a theory. I've, I heard this theory from somebody. I know you guys are talking about the players finally picked up, but there, there's a theory that people talked about the fans, right? That when the fans are not there, City can play in their element. It's like a practice match, right? Pressure. Yeah, yeah pressure is off. They're playing. They're zipping the ball left, right, and center. It's super easy for them. They're making one-touch passes, dribbling through people, you know, one-two, like things like that, right? You see Mares playing out of his skin. You see uh, De Bruyne playing out of his soul. Phil Foden is a revelation. Things like that, right? And this is just added an addition on top of what um, uh, what they call it. Uh, they already are very good at yeah. doing. But the Champions League has always eluded the team because people felt like, the fans always added that extra little bit of angst to their game, right? Um, you know, if you go back and you look at uh, Tottenham against City last uh, couple of seasons ago um, and see what happened when uh, the going went tough and look at what Tottenham did uh, to City then, then you go now and you try to see what, um, without fans, what is actually happening. And it's, it feels like a practice match. Right, you know, um, is the is the is the added pressure gone because of how? You know, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't really say so because like City played Olympic Lyonnais, 
last year during COVID season. And like mm-hmm. there was new fans in there and they still botched it, right? Yeah. I think I and, and in that game you had Sterling miss an open net. You just need somebody to be clinical in those in those final rounds to get you where you need to be. This mm-hmm. this year was Mares. Mares stepped up. Mares stepped up in this final in this semi-finals here. This was Mares hat trick. You know what I mean? Like he got the free kick, he got the he got the two goals needed today to advance. Yeah. And like he put himself in a position where he was able to handle the, handle that pressure, mm-hmm. and it was a squared ball across across the six yard box, and and Maris buried it. But last last year it was Sterling that missed that. Yeah. So you know, uh, I agree with both of you guys. Those are very good points. To be honest, uh, on chat, you know, but especially to what you brought up in the in the beginning about the about the fans element. Mm-hmm. I agree to that to some extent because if you look at the way City plays, right, um, that game they play needs focus. Yeah. So if you remove that noise that the fans bring in, these guys tend to make less mistakes. And you can it's evident in the gameplay right now. Look at the goals they've considered this season and prior when the fans were there. When the yeah. fans are there, that element of the fans putting pressure on you can get you out of your element and you can you can lose your head for a quick second. And that's what happened with Spurs, which is true. We lost our head in that game. And we gave the final to the guys that didn't deserve it. Clearly, if City was in that final, we could have given you a better match. Space boys that final. Absolutely. But that's that's true for another day. But you, back to if, what you're if saying. You, if you ask me, City should have been in the finals three years in a row. Right? Exactly. Exactly. But, but what they, you were they, saying, they, right? They just had they just had unlucky moments, you know. Unlucky moments against against even against Liverpool, the unlucky moments where it was like it was an offside, but it wasn't really an offside. You know what I mean? They could have tied those games and they could have actually pulled through. The same thing with uh with Tottenham. Tottenham got a handball goal and was allowed. Like yeah. what? And then and then the the Olympic Leon game where Sterling didn't bury his chance and that knocked them out, right? So. Yeah. A lot they just of moments. They've just had unlucky moments, and I think now they've learned from it. And this is the time, right? You know, yeah. it's the time to go to the finals. But I don't know if you guys are gonna win it. If you guys play against us, we might kill you. So <laughs> I don't know about that one though, because like you know, you played with uh with uh, the second team in the FA Cup there, right? You, you barely won that game. Your, your I don't second, think you can handle. I don't think second, you can handle. Your second, team. your second team is still. What do you call it? It's still a prime, a prime squad. I know that's what I'm saying. That imagine that's the squad you play with, but there's not a better squad than that. That's what I'm trying to come in. I mean, the Bruyne was on the pitch too, bro. I know, but like I'm saying, there's eight different faces. There was eight different faces. Eight. All all right. Okay. Before we start, (laughs) let's let's um. So now, what does this mean uh for um. Uh, PSG, because this is now we're now looking at PSG. How many times have they gotten here and they've bottled it? Right? Can I say a sad comment? Yeah. PSG is cursed. There's mm-hmm. not there's there's nothing else you can say about it. Those guys are unlucky. Every year they come in and they botch it. Yeah. Um, they have a very good squad. To be honest, it's a very good squad. But I don't feel like the coach they acquired is the one that will be able to take them. Cause if you look at Spurs Cup. It's quite dusty, very dusty. <laughs> and you acquire a manager that is a dusty cabinet to come give you trophies. I mean, that's very questionable. Mm-hmm. But would you, would you, would you really put that on Pochettino? Though I think, wouldn't you say that's because this is 
you could say yes, they're cursed, and then you bring a manager who's gonna continue to add to that curse. But is that really quite the case, though? Because if you look at the situation with um, uh, PSG, I don't think it's even a curse. I just think they're perennial underachievers. Like these guys underachieve on every aspect. You know, um, they have they have guys like Neymar and Mbappe. I know Mbappe wasn't played today because of an injury, but they have guys like him, and they're not. Um, uh, how do I put it? They're not really uh, winning um, uh, the matches that they should be winning, right? Yeah, uh, but and, uh, they also they also have very good defense. Maybe the midfield you say maybe needs a little bit more work, but overall. It's just, is it really the coach? I just think it's just, it's in their DNA. It's not even a curse. It's in their DNA to underachieve in this in stages of football like this, right? Yeah. Do you, do you know why? Right? It comes back to what Vigo was saying, right? You know, when players um, tend to start getting, the, when you start to play individually, like for example, today, mm-hmm. Neymar was not in his element, but he still tried to play the game by himself. If you look at the game today. Yeah. There's a chance he could have squared the ball. That could have yeah. led them to the scoring. He did not. He kept on going. That's that's a chance that ideas and uh, um, what's his what's his kid's name? I don't know how to pronounce his name. The one that plays left back. They both slid for that ball and they blocked that ball, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Neymar had squared oh, that ball. Zinchenko, Zinchenko. Yeah, that, yeah, that kid. If Neymar had squared that ball, that was a goal. That's one. But there's a lot of touches that Neymar did today. That 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 a result of where PSG is. Mm-hmm. Bape there's blood on his hand Neymar there's blood on his hands and Pochettino as well because yeah. these people are not playing as a team as a unit the only person that's playing in that, in that PSG squad as a, as, a, as, a, as a team player is their captain yeah and it's evident right yeah. so with PSG it's like every time when, when they play the, 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 the group stages going to the in, in the round of 16 the quarterfinals they play like a team but once they get to the semifinals and the finals and that it's like they want to be like, I'm the man, like Mbappe, like I'm the Ballon d'Or next kid. Neymar, like I still have it. And like, you know, everyone wants to be like, I'm, I'm still here, right? Yeah. And yeah. it's like, look at what Demary did. That red card was very silly. I there know. Was no, there, was no, there was no justification for that, right? Wasted red card. You could have done that to Mahrez and, and, and injure him and get a red card. I'm like, okay, at least you go one out. Yeah. But I, I don't know, bro. It's like the way they're playing is not it. They need a manager that can put a foot down and get that team playing together. That team is not playing together, to mm. be honest. It's so, like a bunch of Lego uh, of Legos put together that you can make anything out of. Yeah. So who would you say would be the person to come in and really get that team on track? Mourinho. Mourinho. <laughs> <laughs> I kid you not. I kid you not. I'm serious. Yeah. I'm, but, I'm actually quite serious. Okay. Well... You, you talk of Mourinho, but didn't Mourinho kind of fail with that same idea with Spurs? Mourinho no, with Spurs, it didn't fail. You know what happened with Spurs, right? Um, if Mourinho was given enough time, right, he was going to be able to weed out the bad players and, and bring... Because like with Mourinho, as long as you play your football, and you know what you're supposed to do, you will play. But if you want to be like, oh, yeah, I know I'm a big guy here. Yeah, I've been playing for this club for a while. You cannot bench me. You won't be able to play under Mourinho, but with the PSG, you can play. If Neymar mm. d- dances the whole game for 90 minutes, you play him the next game. Mm. No questions asked. But if Mourinho, if he dance for Mourinho and led to you losing the ball and maybe lose the game itself, you're not going to play for the next game. 
That's yeah. definite. And PSG need that right now. The yeah, other thing, the league they play for, potato yeah. farmers fan. But we so, all, <laughs> but we all know what's gonna happen, right? Because eventually he's gonna try that, and then they're gonna sack him because the players are gonna be like, "I don't want to play for you," right? You know, don't you think a guy's uh, a guy like Mourinho's, uh, you know, style is outdated? Maybe. I, if you had said somebody like Conte, I would understand. But if you say somebody like Mourinho, yeah, okay, maybe he would get them in track, but he would do it at the cost. At what cost would he do it at, right? And then yeah, on the yeah. other side, he will also alienate a lot of people to the point that nobody even wants to enter the pitch for him. Even the bench guys don't want to play. So at what cost? And you know, a guy maybe maybe I mean I understand what you're trying to say, like a guy like Mourinho, but not a guy that is Mourinho because tactics. Yeah, true. No, exactly. That's what I mean. A guy like Mourinho, but the other thing as well to, to consider is that league doesn't have the English press. The English press is the number one reason why coaches in England are getting sacked. Is it though? That council culture is too much. Like the fans, the fans, and the press. Those two, they're the two main culprits. It's, Sometimes you just need to give coaches some time. Literally, that's all they need. Do, do you, imagine, so yeah. yeah, but do you know that you're at other leagues, like especially the Spanish league, it's worse. The Spanish, the Spanish are known to be ruthless against managers. Like they, 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 they say their press and their press conferences a lot more uh, intense and bloody and messy than you know than uh, the english and the, the thing is the spanish guys they know a lot more about football than the english do they actually ask you about your tactics they ask you about like you know uh, how you manage the game yeah, your setup your formations they they, they go real in depth uh when can, it comes to football can i just add something what's your still on that point yeah that's what i mean these guys ask you about football. The English press gotcha bring things that you did last time at your house. <laughs> but you're also forgetting that there's Marsa, you know, Marsa, which is one of the biggest uh, Spanish um, uh, media outlets. And they are known to like go, if they don't like a manager, yes, they're going to criticize your football. I know the English are very sly about it. Like they will probably talk about your personal life and all that. But Marcel would be like, this guy, they'll clearly put on the article on their, on their news, this guy knows nothing about football. This guy doesn't understand uh, what he's doing. He needs to get fired. Like, they would put it, like, point blank. They don't mix their words, right? Um, but, in, but in England, England, obviously, England is a little bit sleazy and skeezy. And they'll start going and say, oh, you know, instead of him, uh, I don't know, watching this game or doing something, he was hanging out with his wife and kids or something like that. They will make it seem you know, look bad, right? I know the English press are horrible, but I'm just saying the Spanish guys and even the Italians are known to, like, go after people, man. Like, they would go after you um, if they don't feel like you're up to snuff. So, Mario, he, there's, there's, there's something, in fact, they even say one of the key things that, because I actually studied this quite a bit, one of the key things that made Mario leave uh, Spain is because eventually, like, or, or sorry, one of the things that made him uh, wounded um, uh, or come back looking wounded was after his experience in Spain. So uh, they said the Mourinho that came back was never the same again after he came back from, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, Spain. So something, something, to think of, something to think of. 
anyway. True. I can argue with those guys. Yeah. After Real Madrid score, Mourinho is never the same. Yeah, he's never been the same. All right. Okay, guys. So the two questions I asked, I asked, uh, I can't remember the second one, but the first one I asked was, um, let's go back to City. Who yeah. is the striker that you guys think should take over? At City. Yeah. Mm. I don't have a name, right? But I have a like a, an example, right? Okay. Of, a, of a player that City needs on the striker. Right? Okay. Imagine this. Just imagine. With the way City plays, you have seen the games, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine if you put someone like Bobby Firmino on that striker position. Okay. Yeah. That would be so dangerous, bro. Very dangerous. Okay. That'd be nice. But wouldn't People, you say, wouldn't you say Bobby Firmino's a little bit more like uh Gabriel right now? Because Bobby doesn't score goals. He sets up goals. He's kind of like a playmaker. Wouldn't you say that? Yeah, um yes, but the the uh, the goals that uh that Jesus has has missed so far, Bob would bury those. Mm. It's was the thing is was the thing is if you look at the way Liverpool plays right they just rush in and just do a quick maybe ball down there he's the only one that tries to actually do interplay in Liverpool in the front three he's the only one but now if actually plays with people that are like minded I'm mm-hmm. telling you bro that could be very nice okay. I don't think I think I think the guy I think the Ooh. guy that City should get now <clears throat> is none other but Lataro Martinez bro. Yeah. If City get if City get Martinez, they get every every single thing in a player all in one. Yeah. Everything they need. Uh, I absolutely like Lotaro, but I will say one thing though. I think Lotaro is a benefactor of Romelu Lukaku, and I know you probably would not believe that I'm actually <laughs> saying something like this, considering how much I've criticized Romelu Lukaku. But uh, I think you know I like Lotaro a lot. I like him as a player. But yeah. I think he's the type of player that benefits from another bigger striker beside him uh, mm-hmm. than just him alone. And with City, you, you see, in Inter, he's always a part of the play. But yeah. with City, it's not the way, man. City, your strikers are usually uh, very starved off the ball. And yeah. you're, I, I, I think I'm leaning a little bit more towards um, what... Uh, uh, Felix is saying because uh, they're they're more um, uh, how do I put it? They're more focused on you know the playmaking side of things. Look, City play without a false nine. They had uh, Pep had Ike Gundogan as the striker, false nine striker for the longest time, and look at how well he played this season, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't. That's why I keep saying I don't really think. The answer is, I think, in fact, when you talk about Gabriel Jesus and Bobby Firmino, I honestly think they're kind of they're very similar. Um, yeah, and, and I think and the, thing, and the, the same the same exact thing with Latoro as well. No, like he, he can he can he can play at that false nine position as well, right? He, in a, yeah, you can kind of see that, but I don't think he's like. I think he's good as a second striker, not as a false nine. As a second, like coming in behind, yeah, like, like remember when City was using Aguero and and Zeko, when Zeko yeah. used to just come in behind, yeah, that's the kind of play you would, that would fit him at City. Yeah, yeah. But we don't play like that anymore. No, no, Pep will never play with two strikers up front yeah. unless he's losing his mind. But 
you know, the 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 thing is, Lataro benefits from somebody who holds up play and feeds him the ball. So he can roam around, kind of like a false nine, but at least he has a focus. He has somebody in front of him that is more to focus, and he himself can benefit from that. So, um, you know, I get what you're saying, Victor, but I just don't see it with uh, Lotaro. But, you know, uh, if, you, if, you, if you really believe that that's the case, Lotaro can do the job, then I guess Lotaro can do the job. But I, I just don't think he would fit. I think he would get frustrated under Pep's system, in my opinion. Excuse me. It would definitely bench. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but no, think about it, though. I think that would, that the strike I would think of is old, though. But I feel like it would fit in is Dries Mertens. Dries Mertens. Yeah. 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 But Pep's not going to go for an old player, though. Yeah, that's what I said. Like, I, I said, despite the age, imagine if he was, like, young. Yeah, yeah. Someone like Dries Mertens young, would, be, yeah, would have been ideal. Mm-hmm. But right now there, there isn't much too many strikers that are there. It's just like you know them young kids like Haaland and them, but you won't be a good fit to see to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Haaland? Yeah. I, I think mm-hmm. I think Haaland I think Haaland at City will be just immense. I think I I've said this before. If Haaland comes to City, I will stop watching. Uh, <laughs> I, I literally will stop because then that's just there's no point. You it know, won't you, work. it won't work. I see. Trust I, me. I, I know you say it won't work, but I'm telling you, like, just put the ball through to that guy, and he's running one v one against, um, you know, I don't know, Maguire or something, you know. And I and no, I like yeah. exactly right. Like, imagine him against <laughs> United's defense, right? Like, that's just a nightmare, like waiting to happen. Um, but maybe I get, I underestimate our guys too much. But I've watched enough, enough United to know, like, a good striker like Haaland. But did you see the way CE pocketed Haaland the both legs? I don't think it's the fact that they pocketed him. I think it's the fact that Borussia did not have a good system um, to support Haaland. I think that was what it was. They were barely even fitting him the ball. But did you see the one time he fed him the ball? Did you see that run against him against the idea? I, I almost called 911. Yeah, he, he, he created the goal for Rice. Yeah, but no, I almost called 911, though, reporting a missing person. Men's was missing. Yeah. Well, by, by the way, by the way, did you hear? Did you hear? Jose got a new job at Roma. Yeah. 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 We'll talk. We will talk about that. But there was another question that I had, and I cannot forget. I cannot remember. Yeah, I, I remember it. It's about uh, the carb, uh, the carbon. Carb carb. carb. yes. I, I, okay. I, I have uh, I have an answer for that. Okay. So as you all know, the carbon carb, right? It's literally the EFL, right? Yeah. Yeah. So when I look at it, to be honest, to me, it's literally the Europa League to the Champions League. Hmm. So it's like so it's like the F so it's like the it's like um the, the Champions League is the FA Cup, then the Europa League is the EFL. That's how I look at it. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. So it's it, it, exactly. I don't know. I don't I don't know if Victor, if you have anything else apart from that, is the I, I, I think I think because in the in the Carabao Cup eventually you start to play all the play all the teams in the in the Prem, it becomes a competition. So you still want to win it, right? Teams want to win it. They just can't win it because City was winning it. So <laughs> that's just what it is. The, the way the way I look at that is the Carabao Cup should be for kids. I've always thought that, that was the whole intent. The, and this is where, uh, Felix, I agree with you on this because the Carabao Cup originally 
when if you guys used to watch, like they used to always say, the kids are the ones who are going to be starting in the Carabao Cup. The yeah. kids are going to be playing in the Carabao Cup. But then, you know, guys like Mourinho came in and started to say, hey, I've won the Carabao Cup. It's a cup. I've won it, blah, blah, blah. And then it started this whole thing where everybody's like, yeah, the Carabao Cup is a cup. And, um, you know, if you win it, you have a trophy in your cabinet. Yes, you have a trophy in your cabinet. It's, you know, it's what it is. But the reality is... um, it's it's for kids, guys. Like this, it was designed for kids, and as you said, it is the Europa League to the Champions League. So, I will, I will, um, yeah, I agree with you on that, Felix. But you know, at the end of the day, is this still a trophy in your cabinet? Absolutely. Look at it. Because yeah. I, I swear, I swear down. If you give that trophy to Spurs right now, they'll do a parade. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah, they will. They will. All right. Okay, guys. So we're going to now uh, segue real quick, uh, jump over before we do a preview for tomorrow's game. Uh, we will discuss Manchester United's protest. So, um, you know, Felix, I heard you say something like, you know, there, there were hooligans. Um, yeah. What do you make of that? What do you make of the, the protest in general? When When you hear the United protest, what does that look like to you? All right. Um, like... I mean, I've been your rival for the longest time to know when you guys protest. I remember when this happened when Frank was to the coach, right? Mm-hmm. It was peaceful. People brought out the banners and everything, right? And you, it was for proper cause. You wanted, you want, you want your owners out. We all yeah. know it. It's not, it's not a secret, right? That's your main protest, to be You want those guys out. But the day you chose to protest this time and the intensity just defeats the purpose, because it's like we all knew that, you know, like. City was gonna get crowned this weekend, the past weekend that is, <laughs> and we just like that's the perfect time for us to go out there and rally, plays us out. I mean, come on, fam! Like these guys are in England, they're, they're, they're in America, basking in uh, uh in the nice weather because I'm sure in England you know the weather is bad, right? <laughs> and you guys decided to go out there and destroy a beautiful game of football. My weekend was ruined because I was looking forward to that game with Liverpool, right? <laughs> and there are other ways to protest, but that wasn't it. I've never seen Man United protesting like that, to be honest. Really? Okay. I've, well, I've never seen it. I'm going to throw this now over to Victor. So, Victor, um, do you think a protest, uh, a peaceful protest does anything? Doesn't what? Do you think a peaceful protest? So, what uh, Felix is saying is we should have had a peaceful protest, but what ended up happening is we had a protest that disrupted the league disrupted the outcome of what could happen on the league and also in the end ruined people's uh, uh, Sundays and finally destroying the beautiful game. But do you really think, you know, people just casually walking on the street talking about how, you know, they're going to stop, you know, the Glazers from dominating. Do you really think that that um, uh, creates meaningful change? Does it really work? What's his thinking? Can I say something? What's his thinking? Yeah. Wait, wait, can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I, I thought I caught out because I couldn't hear you guys for a second there. Um <laughs> so what I was saying is like I think I think the timing was a little bit like messed up, but at the same sense, I I think it's come to a point where Manchester United fans just could not wait. 
and they just needed to do it at, at that at that point. Because then the the Liverpool game against Manchester United is big. The the press is big, so obviously they want to get they want to get heard in that big game, right? So, but the timing is a little bit off because you know, like, but then again, who's to say that Liverpool would have beat Man United? Because if they, if Man you beat Liverpool, then City won't still win the league that that day, right? So, let us see it, though. Let us see it. But it's, it was there was a good possibility that yes, they were going to win the league then, but like it wasn't it wasn't guaranteed. But the fact is, like they did they did what they had to do in order for the for the Glazers to hear them, right? So. To be honest, like I'm gonna leave something controversial uh, on your podcast, something that I guess a lot of people are gonna touch on. Yeah. As what I'm always saying is, this world of uh, football is evil. If those guys want to stay, they will stay, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the other thing as well to consider is, most of the products that we do as fans, they don't really work. Even the players themselves, right? Mm-hmm. For example, don't judge me on this, but it's just an example of how I see it. Yeah. Let's look at racism, for example. Mm-hmm. When we try to tackle these issues that are present to this day uh, about equality and racism, right? The, the FIFA and them other guys who tell you kneel down in the start of each game to raise awareness, right? Yeah. The moment the Super League came, the amount of energy these guys came with to destroy this, if they put the same on their racism, I'm telling you, it'll be somewhere right now. Mm-hmm. Right? What what the, what FIFA, UEFA, and those guys did, now that's a protest. Yeah. Right? And they feel like, I feel like they should do the same thing when it comes to racism. They know the teams that are racist, right? Mm-hmm. Ban them. Find them. Kneeling doesn't help, right? So it's, it's the same thing goes to what United did. They went out there, right? They disrupted the game. But at the end of the day, are the owners still there? Yes, they are. Yeah. Is the game going to play? It's going to play. Yes, they, it's going to play. But postponed it. But now you didn't consider the players that actually played that game. Because they're going to have to put that game in the middle of other games. Yeah. So it's like it's very unfair to the players what yeah. the United fans did right there. So that's why I'm that's why I'm coming with this. Yeah, no, don't work. They don't. I absolutely I absolutely when it comes to the racism piece, I absolutely agree with you on that. I think Patrick Bamford touched on that. He said, um, you know, it's funny how when we talk about uh the Super League, how, how many teams come together to put a stop to this. But when it comes to Talking about racism in football, not a single person really, you know, raises any real awareness or anything. Um, I personally, I'll be honest with you, I don't know much about uh, when it when it comes to uh, the racism side of things in football. Um, no, I don't even I don't know what can resolve that. I think there's a lot of things that they're doing in the back end. That is that is helping it, but I honestly don't know what really can resolve. I think is at the end of the day, if you're looking at racism, you're looking at a big issue um, and a big systematic problem, not just in football, but in our everyday lives. You know, I hear our our boys out in um, uh, what they call it uh, in the states down south, and uh, yeah. they have to get, go through uh, every single day. They they worry that hey, if this cop stops me. What does this look like, right? Yeah. Uh, to worry that uh, a guy can do anything to me and they can really they can just get away with it if they hire the right type of lawyer, uh, they can they can get away with it. In fact, if you guys are following the Derek Chauvin trial, 
uh, they actually uh, filed uh, what they call it a retrial request to get um, uh, Derek Ch- uh, Chauvin retried because of one specific member of the jury and his affiliations with the Black Lives uh, Matter movement. So, wow, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of crazy things happening. But I my own thing and my own response to that is I don't understand how football can really resolve that. In fact, if anything, the way I've looked at football is football is a, is a, is a sport that has brought a lot of us together. And I think it doesn't understand itself or the system itself doesn't understand how, how do we truly uh, get um, uh, what they call it, uh, uh, get this resolved. And then the final thing I also want to kind of add, add to that is, yes, we can talk about FIFA and, uh, you know, uh, the UEFA being extremely corrupt, and yes, they are absolutely corrupt. But these are the they, as much as how badly corrupt they are, they actually have they you know they may be corrupt, but they know that uh, uh, um, being racist or allowing racist ideals in their sport is not good for business. And if anything, some of the ideas, like for example, awarding South Africa the World Cup, awarding. Yeah the World Cup. Yes, you can say all these things came in a shady way, but you can also say that, hey, as much as how shady they, they brought it out, out there, they still kind of opened it up to uh, you know, our African and our uh, minor communities, minority communities, uh, at least in the sport, opening it up for them uh, to be able to have uh, our people represent the sport. So, yes, they're evil, I agree 100%, but they find their ways to uh, include, uh, have inclusion for all of us, right? Even though it's not the best, even though it's not the greatest, and even though they need to still improve, there's still some couple of things that they're doing. And I just don't know. I don't know how, I've, I've thought about this numerous times. I just don't know how we can really resolve this issue of racism. And uh, I, I just feel like the first step that they should just try to consider just include the players themselves, right? Yeah. Um, because like if you want to think about it, these are the victims. Yeah. But uh, it's to the guys in the suits that are making the decisions, but that's none of my business. Yeah. I'm gonna put it out there. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. It's it's only time that will tell right? but of course uh, change always comes. It's mm-hmm. uh ten years old it's inevitable for change not to come. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they should always keep the same energy of how they put in other in other activities like the super league. Yeah. In, in this uh, situation as well. No, I, I definitely agree. And the the, the change, the change um, I don't think, I'll be honest, I don't think kneeling down does anything. I don't exactly. think, I don't think shutting down your social media for a whole day does anything. I think, in fact, it's just weird vir- virtue signaling that really doesn't do anything for any person. Um, you know, the, the, the kneeling down, what, it, what really has it fixed? In fact, we're finding more racist abuse than, than ever on social media, if anything, right? So yeah, they need, to, they need to take better action than what they're doing right now. And you're right, Super League, as soon as money is being involved and the traditions, so-called traditions of football are being impacted, all of a sudden, Super League is, uh, you know, you see people rallying and fighting against uh, the Super League and protesting versus um, uh, what they call it, uh, racism. Nobody, they're like, oh, kneel down. Just just kneel down and everything should be good, you know? So, exactly, yeah. 
Yeah. Anywho, um, but speaking of the the protest, in my opinion, I think um, I think it was spot on. I honestly, uh, I know a lot of you guys are saying, yeah, ruining the Sundays um, is hurting the beautiful game. You know, the, the obviously the, the the hooliganism and the cut in the eye for the police officer slash, uh, you know, the trashing of the Old Trafford pitch uh, looks bad. But honestly, guys, I'm going to be real honest with you. I've said this. I've told this to you, Victor. The Glazers have been United's problem for how long, right? Yeah. For how many years? And, you, you know, you made a statement, Felix. So you said, you know, you haven't seen us protest like this. We have. In fact, in 2000, if you go back, look at the scenes in 2005, it was, I think, even bigger than this. So the protest, the protesting aspect has been very intense, um, you know, since 2005. Then it got squashed in 2005 because they eventually the Glazers bought United on debt and we couldn't do anything about it. And then in 2010, another big, massive protest came up. I remember that time uh, David Beckham was wearing the green and gold scarf. He said, yeah. I didn't know much about it, but uh, after the after the a- AC Milan game, um, you know, you you had uh, uh, him wear the green and gold scarf and he didn't know too much about it, but that was how huge the protests were then. Then fast forward now, we said enough is enough. The Glazers have been a poorly, have uh, been running this club poorly for the longest time. They really have, they've been taking money out of the club and they've been, uh, you know, giving out dividends uh, to their shareholders. Um, they take out the, the daughter, I think one time took out money. Like they consistently take out money, money that they can use and invest and fix. Like, for example, Old Trafford, they say is leaking. They say is outdated. They don't host, uh, you know, finals there anymore because of how outdated it is as a stadium. Then you now add up all the extra things where we are not getting the players that we need. The fans are fed up. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, even, even Victor, I, I've told you this, I haven't bought a single United jersey for how many years now? The yeah. last jersey that I've owned is the one that my wife gave me as a gift. Uh, uh, I think four years, you know, so um, we know, I know how bad it is with the club. The only way I kind of support this club right now is through watching them on TV. Apart from that, I don't give them, I try my best not to give them any money as much as possible. You know, mm-hmm. so and for me, I've been asking for this. I remember, Victor, when we put up the petition, uh, the Glazers out petition, nobody really said anything. Finally, the Super League comes out and what the Glazers that have been United's problem have finally become everybody else's problem. Now, every person is now waking up to the fact that the Glazers are like evil and they're going to they're willing to do whatever it takes to ruin the traditions and the merit side, the competition side of football. So anyway, um, I, uh, for me, I thought it was the right statement. I, I would say, I remember I put up a message to one of my buddies. I was like, hopefully a game comes out. Hopefully we watch a game. But the reality is if we don't watch a game, it's what it is. And I'm happy with it because at the end of the day, this is Manchester United. We've been taking shit from these shitty ass owners. And it's only about time that something happens. And and I've, I've, I've be, always been making fun of our fan base because our fan base always talks to talk. We never do anything. Um, I, I mean, we've done some things 2005, 2010. But yeah. this time, 
I was proud. I was like, I am so shocked that this team actually went out and pro- I mean, these fans went out and protested and stopped a match. I'm shocked that we did that. The only fan base that I know that's usually good at doing Liverpool. stuff. It's not, not really Liverpool. It's Chelsea. Chelsea, I feel their fans are much like if Chelsea don't like their manager, you hear it. You know, they <laughs> were complaining about Lampard for, for, for the longest time. Everybody heard it. Even though he was a legend, they were not happy with what he was doing. So they yeah. got rid of him. Right now they're in a much better, they're in a much happier place, right? Then you now look at we, as soon as the Super League got announced, who were the first fans who went out and started protesting in droves? Chelsea, right? So you know Chelsea are usually the fan base, in my opinion. Liverpool are not bad too, as well. But Liverpool, I think, love their club too much that they don't know how to deal with this kind of thing. Um, but it was and that's the thing they love their club that they wouldn't allow this thing to happen. No, but I, I don't, I don't, I think. I think now they would because after they saw what happened with FFG Fenway Sports Group, what they yeah. tried to ESL, I think they would. There were there were some Liverpool fans who joined that uh, protest. By the way, so this is like this is a big deal, man. So for me personally, I get what everybody's saying. Like you know, my football, my day was ruined. But guys, like for what cause? Like, but think we- about it. Okay. It's the same protest from 2005 or in 2021. That means, like, if you keep on doing the same thing over and over again, expecting the, a, a different result, that's the definition of stupidity, to be honest. Um, I know. But the difference, the difference is this is different. Because last time, when they were protesting, they weren't protesting to, you know, try to stop games or tell people, hey, we will play when we want you to play. They weren't doing any of that, right? Um yeah. So for the first time, this is the first time that we've protested and actually gone into the pitch and stopped the game from actually happening. This is the first time. So, you know, as you said, it's a definition of insanity. If people keep doing the exact same thing before we would just go over and we'll just say, Hey, you know, Glazers out, right. We'll tweet Glazers out, but that has not been doing anything. So eventually they were like, okay, you guys want to play a game today? Let's see you guys try to get uh, uh, from the Lowry to Old Trafford. That's all they said. And they couldn't do it for the first time. So, look, if you want change to happen, you cannot – look at some of the, the greatest changes that have happened in history. It hasn't come by us being saying, hey, guys, please allow us to play, you know, uh, allow us to do things this way. It hasn't come that way, right? It has been – some in worst cases violence, but it has been through like people it. actually taking initiative and taking aggression into their hands and saying, "Look, we are going to make the we want change, and this is what we want to see." Yeah. All right. So, I get. I get that. I get that. I can see that. But we'll see. Only time can tell, right? So right now it's hard for me, and and of which I'm not a United fan, so I can't really criticize much, right? Uh, but at the end of the day, time is the, is the one that would tell, right? Yeah. Uh, we'll see how, how it went because I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm just too hard, but we'll, we'll see how we'll see. <laughs> I know you guys want to win the league. I think you guys are going to win the league. But I think that for this cause, it was necessary. And I think in the long run, whether it's successful or not, I think a lot of people will see this and see what it has done. And they can now learn. They were like, this is how we can hurt hurt them. Because before we've been trying to do things, it hasn't worked. And now finally, we're doing something. And for the first time ever, something has come of it. And 
if I'm a, if I'm if I'm the fan base out in England, I will spam that that thing over and over again. That's what I'll do. If I was a fan, I'll never buy a ticket in my life. Like you know, don't buy tickets, don't buy jerseys. Just like stop them of money. They'll be like, you know what? This is not working out for. It's not working for us. Yeah. for business, we're out. Yeah. But there are fans that are addicted. That's the problem, right? Yeah. Yeah. Those 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 are your enemies. Them ones. all right okay we're gonna jump over chelsea time we've got about five minutes guys so victor your segment on chelsea um how are chelsea looking like how confident do you feel about real madrid Uh, (laughs) i'm uh i'm still confident i I think we can i think we can end this tie tomorrow um, depending on uh, everybody just needs to go out there play with grit play with heart and play to the best of their abilities and the tactics that Tony Tickle comes up with and uh, I don't I don't see I don't see us not not going through that's that's pretty much where it's at right now wow you're that confident eh I am yeah I think I think this would be a repeat of uh, of Real Madrid against Ajax you know this is, this is exactly the same situation right now. So, who is, is going to be the X factor for the game? Christian Pulisic. Christian Pulisic, you think so? Yeah. Remember, remember when we had this conversation last week, and I told you Kelly is going to score. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he did. That was, so, I mean, that was close to my prediction for two one. Though I thought uh, Real Madrid were going to come back and uh, beat you guys two one. Man, it was such a it was a crazy game. We should have trashed them. We should have absolutely trashed them. Timo Timo needs to finish his chances. He's, he, that's that's the majority of where the issue is. Man. Finish your chances, bro. You know, if he had finished his chance, we would have been in such a good. He would have given. He would have given Pulisic an assist too, bro. So, yeah, but, uh, yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to the game for sure. It's going to be a big game. It's going to be hot, but I think Chelsea has the ability to handle the pressure. And we're we're in this stage, you know what I mean? Once we're in this stage, it's go time, you know? You know, the team you're playing with is very dangerous in the Champions League, bro. Oh, yeah. We we are well aware of of the team that we're playing. We know it's Real Madrid. I think you can count the number of times of loss in the semifinal. You can literally count them. You can count the number of times Madrid of loss in the semifinal. Which is barely exactly they only lost one. I think the only, for example, even I'm worried if they go through, right? Because that, yeah. that's the final, they've only lost one final in the Champions League, just one. Yeah. But but the same thing goes for Chelsea when we make it to the semi finals, we go through, bro. So, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not really worried, honestly. We have, we have the, we have the youth and we have the experience as well. No, so, no, no, you, you cannot bring experience when, you, when you're talking with Madrid, though. Yes, that's what that's all Madrid has experience, experience, bro. That Madrid is just experienced on all levels, but yeah. still, you can take experience if you if you do the right things, you know. If, if we want to talk about experience, um, and uh, specifically what I would uh say from an experience standpoint. Now, I know you guys have said experience from your side uh, ch- uh, for Chelsea, but I want to kind of throw experience back to you from the perspective of Real Madrid. You're mm-hmm. looking at a game where, I mean, we, we, you and I, I know we didn't uh, do a, uh, a recap on the game last week, 
But looking back at that game, Chelsea at one point were all over the Real Madrid and it looked like you guys were going to run away with it, right? Yeah. Then all of a sudden, Real Madrid turns the game on his head, makes it a scrappy game, comes out with a goal, and it ends at 1-1. So, in fact, if anything, that just shows, that's a testament to Real Madrid and their experience that in a game where it looks like they should be losing 3 nothing, 4 nothing, 4-1, 3-1, they end up tying it 1-1. In fact, they could have scored a goal that would have made it 2-1. So, you know, they, they, they showed you guys in real time that, yes, you guys are talking about experience, but we've got loads of it. Yeah, absolutely. They have loads of experience, and we just need to be clinical in front of them. And once they run your clinical there, bro, we're but not I- we're not going to to prepare this match to sit at the back and just fucking park the bus. No, we're going we're going for their jugglers. If we can win this game in the first forty five, we are good. You know what I mean? Real Madrid can't keep up with us right now in this in the state that we're in. Even if Hazard comes in, they're Which not. He yeah, he, he's probably gonna play, but still, like he's not one hundred percent fit, right? So, and he's not firing at one hundred percent. We gotta look at guys like Mason Mounds that was running rampant in the freaking midfield against Modric, Casemiro, Cruz, all of them. The same thing. The same thing is gonna happen tomorrow, and Mount is gonna be a huge factor there. But Pulisic is gonna be the guy to end this game. Bro. Yeah, Real Madrid are so rude. They're the type of guys to come into your parents' house and slap you. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But they they didn't do that against Ajax. They didn't do it against Ajax. You know. Well, that was that was uh, a freak season. At the end of the day. Um, you know, it what what happened there happened, right? So I'm not yeah. gonna I really wouldn't bother myself too much about what happened between Ajax. In fact, um whatever happened at that point has happened. I think uh uh now if you look at if you look at Real, Real smell blood in the Champions League, and that experience is invaluable. Like they're they're such a tournament based team. Yeah. That you know that whenever it comes to tournament time, um, th- that's when they're dialed in, right? So, but remember, I'll... remember, remember when I remember when the remember earlier in the season I told you that this team is not made for Prem. This team is made for the Champions League. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, because because, because um, Abramovich, Abramovich Abramovich knows the holy grail of football is Champions League, and that's what he wants the most. That's why he spent, that's why he spent all that money. That's why Lampard spent spent all that money. You know what I mean? Because they were creating a Champions League squad. Yeah. Okay. Uh Felix, you have something to say? Yeah, I was like, um, think about it like for Chelsea in Chelsea perspective, right? The last about let's say maybe ten years or so, right? They only played one Spanish uh, uh Spanish opponent uh leading up like in the semifinal pretty much like leading up the semifinal. No, actually two, Barcelona and Atletico Madrid. Yeah. Um with with Barcelona, um the first leg it was one one, correct? Yes, yes. We should have we should we should have trashed them too. Yeah, but end up zero three, right? Yeah. Then with Atletico Madrid, the first leg was zero zero, right? Yeah. 
end up the second leg end up being three uh, one. So you see with this in Madrid, these guys in the semifinals they're beastly. So it's like with Spanish teams, like you guys are very suspicious when it comes to Spanish. Teams. The only time you managed to handle Spanish teams was to your road to 2012 when you won against Bayern in the finals. That was arguably one of the best Chelsea teams ever with Drogba in the front, yeah. Torres as a sub. Like, that was a good squad. But after yeah. that, to be honest, it's just been inshallah for you guys. It's, um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to explain it because, like, ever since 2012, you only managed to touch the semifinal once in 2014, 2013, I think. Then uh-huh. the rest was just last 16 rounds. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I understand. I understand that fact. And Spanish Spanish teams have always been like a fucking dead end to run. But you got you've got you've got to look at this season, bro. We have taken three, four Spanish teams down in order to get to there. Real Madrid is no different. I'm pretty sure the way Tuchel is preparing this game, he's not looking at the occasion. He's looking at this is a game, and we gotta win it. You know this what I mean? Like, this guy's a 13 European titles, bro. One, <laughs> three. They can give you four and still have more than you. Yeah, absolutely. But we, you, you, just like just like you said, West City is a, is a defensively strong team. So is Chelsea. Chelsea don't ship goals. You know what I mean? We have we actually have the highest amount of clean sheets in the Prem. No, no, no. It's C. It's C. So City, City beats us by probably one. Right, but Mendy, sure, Mendy, but yeah. Mendy, Mendy is the highest goalkeeper clean sheets right now. No, no, it's it's, right it's also Edison. It's also no, no, no. Go look at it. Go look ah, at it. It's, I don't even need to look at it. It's Edison. I checked. I checked. I checked it a couple of days ago. It's actually Mendy. After the Fulham win, it's Mendy. I'm not sure about that one. I'll, I'll double check that one. I'll have to go as Google after after this. Uh, after yeah, this check, yeah, check it. Check it out. Check it out. Trust me, it's actually Mendy. Mendy has the highest clean sheets right now. So like we don't ship we don't ship goals. We're playing to kill the team, but we're also playing to be defensively resolute. You know? Mm-hmm. We're not we're not go, we're not just gonna let people come in and do us like West Bromwich ever again. That that was a lesson and he learned it quick. You know what I mean? He learned it real fast. So like we just need to go in the game, play with grit, keep it defensively solid. Real Madrid is not going to get a lot of chances if we nullify their threats. Just like we did in the first game. The only thing was Benzema got half a chance. And half a chance for Benzema is dangerous. But still, there was also a mistake. People should have been closer to Benzema in that in that in that uh, in that goal. And they should have actually headed that ball before Benzema got it. Right? So these are these are little things that are going to come into play. If Timo scores tomorrow, we win. <laughs> we will win. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we need we need. If he's going to play, we need him to score. But I think it might be Kai Havertz playing as a false nine. So we'll see how it goes. But I have all faith, I have all faith in my team. I know they're not complacent. They are not complacent whatsoever. They are grounded. They know what's up. You know. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, so what are your score predictions for tomorrow then? Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to lean towards uh, a 1 0 Chelsea okay. or, two, or 2 1 Chelsea. Okay. Um, uh, Felix, what's your uh, prediction for tomorrow? 
globe. Felix. No, I think uh, we may we may have lost him. Did we uh, lose him? Yeah. Well, he's still he's still connected. Maybe I think maybe something's going on with his phone. But um, yeah, my own uh, prediction will be uh, score prediction for game i i'm gonna go a little bit bold here i kind of like the 2-2 score line and i think real will go through on uh aggregate so two yeah i think so i think it might be 2-2 i you know this points to a chelsea win um the way chelsea's played but i would just i think i think uh real in fact i personally don't want real to go through but for that whole shitty esl thing but i think that uh they will pop through in there all right. Okay, we're gonna clear it off. Uh, jump off to fire closing pieces here. So a couple of things to close off with, uh, real quick. Italian league is is basically done with Inter Milan winning the league. Congratulations, Conte, Conte, Lukaku, um, Darmian. I just, I just I just like the I I like the way Conte is, man. You know, I I just like in, in press conference in the press conference after winning, he said the same thing he said at Chelsea. I am a I am a serial winner. <laughs> I fucking love that guy, bro. I, it was such a shame when when they when they when they fired him at Chelsea. Yeah, no, he. I think it would have lasted a while, but Conte sells his trucks because he's too. He wants to win so bad, he blows up everything, right? So, um, but yeah, no, I think uh, uh, congrats to to Inter for winning it. Uh, Darmian and Young, actually Young for winning it. Um. Then uh, as well, on the, on the other hand, Roma have hired uh, Jose Mourinho. This guy keeps finding jobs left, right, and center. Uh-huh. Um, he as, long as, get... as, long as, as long as you're Jose Mourinho, jobs are always open to you. Always. I know. I know. But he probably will get fired and uh, it will cost um, them an arm and a leg to pay him out. Uh, <laughs> So, but um, anyway, he's going to be playing Roma. And uh, speaking of Roma, uh, United beats Roma 6-2 after the fans were complaining that uh, United were too, uh, what they call it, um, like, uh, did not respect them. So, well, finally, they've gotten the respect that they deserve with a nice, good beating uh, from us. So, Felix, uh, Felix, this message, he said, he said the prediction for the game is one in extra time. Will be which will be one in extra time by who? One one extra time. Oh, one one extra time. Oh, I was actually thinking one one too, but I kind of was like, eh, I'll then, go for the two. Yeah. And then he, he, said, he said Madrid will win it in, in extra time. Yeah. So we're both predicting Madrid. All right. We'll see how it goes. Uh-huh. Let's see how it goes. Chelsea, Chelsea had the dark horse, man. We had the dark horse. Well, we'll see. I personally, I said, I'll personally like Chelsea to do it, but I just, I highly doubt it just because of the way, uh, you know, the way things are happening. Um, anyway, um, with that being said, I think we'll end it there. Uh, we've lost Felix for the rest of the show here, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll keep it things like that. Congrats to Inter Milan for winning the league. Um, and uh, Jose Mourinho has a new job with Roma. And uh, we'll see with, um, uh, what do we call it, Ole Gunnar Basically, through to the finals of the Europa Europa League. Actually, I'm going to add one real quick thing. That Europa League, as much as I hated that whole bloody thing, I would not mind if he freaking wins that cup. I'll be honest. Um, if if Ole wins that cup, man, I'll be 
I'll be happy. I'll be happy for it because despite all the criticisms, despite all the hardships, mm-hmm. he has found a way to get that team winning something, uh, even with uh, nothing <laughs> in a sense, but they're finally winning something. So um, it would be nice for us to win the Europa League and take that, even though I complain that I don't give a shit about the Europa League. But Did, did, you, did you hear what Ole said about winning trophies? What did he say? He said, he said winning, he's like, not, not necessarily winning trophies is a good thing because sometimes it just, it just paints over the blemishes that you have. I, 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 oh, yeah, I heard, I heard that. I heard that. But I, you know, it's Ole saying things, but deep down, Ole lies all the time. Let me just tell you one thing Ole Gonasosha is a serial liar. Um, <laughs> he lies so many times. Like, anytime, <laughs> think the opposite. Just think the opposite. Seriously, yeah. yeah. So um, Ole Ole is uh, he's lying. Um, he really wants to win something, and if he wins the Europa League, I think uh, uh, Europa um, uh, final, he will be in a very good place. So we'll wait and see. Let's not count count our uh, chickens before they hatch. Um, yeah. Let's game, and we'll see how things go from there. Mm-hmm. For the tomorrow, big game, big big game. Yeah, big game tomorrow. Um, but we will we will listen to that and then hopefully we can do a show tomorrow or the next after the game. Um, or maybe on Thursday. Yeah. Um, after the game, uh, with uh, you kind of staying at home now, I think we can catch up on a couple of sessions. Yeah. But uh, apart from that, that's mostly it, boys. This is it. Uh-huh. Um, socials. Uh, on Club CBF on Twitter, and uh, I believe Felix's is give me one second F, F underscore M underscore Johnson on Instagram. That's where you can find Felix. Make sure you guys uh remember that. Um, but uh, without further ado, I think that's it. Thanks for listening to the show, guys. Please like, subscribe, share. Um, and if you don't like it, don't share it. Um, and uh, we absolutely appreciate uh, all that you guys do for the folks who consistently consistently listen to us. Um, we appreciate it. And fantastic, fantastic uh, week and stay safe. Okay. Ciao. Bye-bye. Ciao. Bye.